0: Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? Well, well, fucking well. Welcome back to the vainly titled Danny Palmer Show. Uh, it is fucking Tuesday. There's no need to swear there. and um, There's no need to swear at the beginning. Just start talking like a normal person. Stop trying to impress your friend. I don't think it impresses my friends, that I swear. I think you think that it does, though. I, I do think that a little bit. So now you're swearing, sweetie. Love you. Uh, What up, jance? I got to tell you, I've been doing this. I look back today. The first pod episode uh, that we ever did, me and the former co-host of this podcast, he's gone now, (laughs) Uh, was like February 22nd, 2019. That's been over four years. That's like four and a half years ago. And uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, just that it's been going on for so long. And now, like, there actually are, like, listeners, like, literally around the world. This girl, Marissa, she's cool. She hit me up. She's like, yo, I'm in Germany. I think she's an expat, you know, whatever you call it. Like, an American that moved there. But she's been giving me all this nice feedback. I've just gotten so much nice feedback lately, lately. Thank you, ladies. I feel like it's mostly women that give me feedback in the pod and that are... Maybe that are listening? I don't know how you... I don't know how you do fucking demographics in a podcast dude you just like hire some like company or some shit not doing that (laughs) but it seems like the majority if not all the feedback i get is from women which i prefer because guys are just fucking idiots dude you know you're a guy why are you saying that about yourself because i know oh i know anyways here's some feedback just from some listeners i'm just going to string this together uh i didn't actually put down the name of each person that gave me i look i don't have a lot of time okay i just write down the chunks of the feedback I, I appreciate everybody equally. Now, now I'm spiraling. Um, I listened to your most recent episode, and now I've gone back, and I'm listening to the first episode. Fascinated to hear the journey of how you started at Galaxies in Space and now are at co-hosting with your mean girlfriend from Alabama, Samantha. I for, Honey, I for, you forgot my name. I didn't forget your name, honey. Well, it sounds like you forgot it. I don't know, I mean, I just, you're always in my apartment Which is a little annoying, and so I kind of forgot I did, I, I forgot your name My name's Samantha, I'm from Alabama Yeah, you know, I feel like you should have a more deep southern accent If you are indeed from Alabama, hon Well, hon, hon My friend Caroline Haynes She's a comedian, she doesn't mind if I say her name I have a voice that I do, where I play her uh, Her grandma, but her grandma's like a Glenn Maxwell character who tries to like pimp her out Hon, it's, it's your grandma Just wanna go and say we love you Uncle Johnny sure does miss you. So if you have a chance, come by the house for supper and just wear a short little skirt. He sure would appreciate it. We love you, All right. Probably get canceled for that thing. All right. Just keep going on. Another uh, feedback I got said, compliments on your podcast. I just scream laughed on the episode, can infinity grow larger? Wait, what? (laughs) At like 17 minutes and 24 seconds when Zach tells people to blow their brains out if they're losers. (laughs) And then the... I'm not saying load the gun. There's plenty of other ways to do it. Hysterical, really. Thank you. That's a Marissa. Thank you, Marissa. And look, you know what's funny? Like, if a woman says, "Oh, that's hysterical," it's like, "Oh, that's fine." If a guy said that that thing is hysterical, be like, "Uh, "Oh, fucking gunfight." Like, women can get away with a lot, dude. And it's, it's that's that's how it should be. I support that. I'm not against that. But it's true. Okay, it's true. Good luck, roast battling against a woman. I've done that before. The crowd always sides with the women, the woman, at least at the outset, like you can win, but they're, you know, it's funny how audiences just have this like kind of inherent moral logic in their heads at the start of every show. And, and they really kind of hew to that moral logic, unless you convince them why they shouldn't. (laughs) It's just interesting that there's this like unspoken current going through society. I think I heard this phrase today. The Overton scale? I don't know. God damn it. There's some like, you know, term for when I'm going to look it up. Hold on. God damn it. It's the Overton window. It's the range of policies that are officially uh, like acceptable to a society at any given time. It's like the window of discourse. You can say this, but you can't say that. And it shifts over time, you know? That's why when you go back and listen to people's old, uh, Stand up sets or podcast episodes or like Eddie Murphy in the fucking eighties. You're like, whoa! Like he just said the you know, gay slurs left and right, and it's like, oh yeah, killer special. I mean, obviously you can't get away with that today. Obviously times change. The Overton window fucking changes, dude. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that fucking comedy politically correct shit. We're good on that. Um, I get another another um, comment from a listener. I think I don't know if this is the same person. Sorry. They said Happy Tuesday. Really? She's lucky that she's hot. LOLOL I know who this was another friend um yeah if you didn't hear that episode I went to the gym like a week and a half ago and the girl at the front desk was like happy Tuesday and I hate when people say happy Friday happy Mo-. like happy Friday it's like okay I mean I kind of get it it's like a happy day like but obviously every Friday is not a fucking holiday dude. so like let's stop saying happy Friday no do you think that society backed off from happy Friday Slowly backed away because it's too stupid to continue on with over time. No, they just added happy Monday. But it's ironic. It's an ironic comment on Mondays. Well, you can't just say every fucking day of the week, dude. Don't say happy Tuesday. So I said she's lucky she's hot. You know, hot women can get away with a lot of things. And uh, I'm not a hot woman. Howard Stern talks about how his wife, Beth, would just get a new free newspaper going down the street in New York like every day. And she's like, "Yeah, this guy just gives me free a free newspaper." He's like, "No one, uh, not every, no one else is getting this opportunity, dude. No one. <laughs> it's just hot women that are getting free newspapers." Someone else said that they would get an ice cream from the ice cream cone vendor. Oh, here's here's a free ice cream for you. Oh, thanks. I will just could resume my day of being hot. <laughs> okay, okay. And then our uh, friend down in Austin was talking about the Space What the Fuck Dude podcast, which this podcast used to be, and sometimes still is, because we still record occasional episodes when we're not bickering in real life. (laughs) He said, have these other comedians discovered the axiom to a great podcast? Have a tenuous relationship with your co-host and the content you are presenting. (laughs) Don't really like each other and don't understand space. Let's hit record. Hey, it seems to work. Okay. All right. All right. Um also, um, you know what? I, I wanted to be a DJ when I was a kid, growing up in Tampa, because the radio wars in the nineties there were sick. Power ninety three, the power pig, versus q105, Mason Dixon. Dude, Mason Dixon was such a chair, dude. Um, anyways, it just made me be inspired to be like like Bob of the Love Sponge, Ron and Ron, all these fucking great they they were they ended up being like national DJs. Bob of the Love Sponge was on the Howard Star Network, Ron and Ron, Ron Bennington. He still does like stand up in New York. I've seen him around at comedy clubs, and I'm like, I'm not talking to the guy. I'm scared. But I used to listen to him all the time when I was growing up. So maybe I should talk to him. Don't be afraid of Ron Bennington, hon. You can talk to him. I'm sure he's a friendly guy. I'm sure you're right, hon. Thanks. I love you. I love you too. Do you want me to sit on your lap during the recording? Kinda. Are you heard? <laughs> I, I heard this uh, coach or so, this football player last weekend. Don't worry. Ladies that don't like Sports, this is broadly applicable. Um, he said there was a player that told a reporter that he doesn't like coaches that say "good job" to him. He's like, don't t- don't say- don't tell me "good job." Just tell me what I what I should be doing better. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's true. Good job is nice to hear. It's affirming. Maybe it will provide encouragement, but it doesn't give you tools to get better. You know, I know Louis C.K. is a much maligned comedian these days, but um, he had a good point. Like five. Eight years back, or something like. There's no comedian that has like become the perfect David statue of being a great comedian with no flaws, no room for improvement. Like every great comedian on the planet, even the greatest of all times, had room for improvement the day they stopped doing stand up. Then too, you know, like it's kind of inspiring. I guess you could look at it two ways. You could look at it as depressing, <laughs> like Sisyphian. You can never push the boulder up over the hill but also inspiring that the boulder there's always still more of the hill to push the boulder up. Wow. You're really wise, hon. I know. Thank you. Were you a philosophy major at mercy university in Macon, Georgia? Yeah, I can tell. All right. That one, uh, you know, that conversation kind of fizzled out there, they're not all going to be gold. Okay. It's a fucking podcast. It's not like a, like a polished stand-up set, you know, just kind of talking. Okay. Okay. Um, my favorite blog, Farnham Street blog. I love reading it every Sunday morning. Get the newsletter, blah, blah, blah. Shane Parrish runs it. Um, he quotes Josh Wadskin. Now, do you think that I looked up who Josh Wadskin is? No, dude. I just used the quote. Will I stop the podcast and look up who Josh Wadskin is? I will, but reluctantly. Well, Josh Wadskin is a chess player, and the film Searching for Robbie Fisher was based on his early life, which is confusing to me because... His name isn't Bobby Fisher. <laughs> Wait, does did Bobby Fisher rename himself? Huh? What? 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 I'm not gonna go down that rabbit path right now. Rabbit trail, whatever, dude. I'm just gonna keep doing the podcast. Anyways, um he's talking about when, why the second mistake you make is worse than the first. Ah, this does make sense from a chess perspective. Um one idea I taught was the importance of recognize sorry One idea I taught was the importance of regaining presence and clarity of mind after making a serious error. This is a hard lesson for all competitors and performers. The first mistake rarely proves disastrous, but the downward spiral of the second, third, and fourth error creates a devastating chain reaction. I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, because if you lose your mental composure after the first mistake, you might end up making worse ones, you know. You kind of always have to like re start your reality and restart your view of your performance and your view of yourself and your view of the situation. I kind of love that. Cause I, I, I made it like a small mistake at work. I, you know, I was supposed to have this like update done by a certain time and I, I just, I screwed up. I just didn't do it on Friday morning. And then I like slacked my boss and I was like, Hey, I didn't do this thing. And you know, she was like, that's fine. Just do it for next week. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, really self-flagellating. I was like, God damn it, Danny, what the fuck dude? she's so nice to you and you fucked up and you had plenty of time to do that. And then I was like, okay, I've, I've properly self-flagellated. I'm so glad Zach isn't recording in this. Cause he'd be like, oh, did you mean masturbate? dude? No, dude, <laughs> I self-flagellated. And then, uh, I moved on, you know, And though And another time I was going to do, um, I had a set. I was emceeing at New York comedy club and the Uber driver just took this wrong turn and went up like, park avenue instead of third avenue and I, I was like late for the set and like somebody else had to like start the show and i mean it worked out but like you know i was talking to the manager i was talking to the comic i was talking to this comic pedro gonzalez about it i was like you know I'm, i just feel like shit because i was supposed to MC, it was my responsibility and i was late and he goes you know danny i've done this show with you hundreds of times you've never been late so don't don't beat yourself up about that and i was like oh dude you know what thanks bro i appreciate that so yeah don't let the second, third, and fourth mistakes become worse than the first. It's like that movie. I've talked about this before, but um everything everywhere all at once. I feel like this is one of the most important lessons I've taught myself is from watching that movie, how when she the woman needs to um summon some tool or weapon or skill set, she'll just like fly, you know, slide through a bunch of different scenarios like she needs some Ginseng knives or whatever. And then she just goes to a Betty Hanna and grabs them and comes back and uses that to fight. I guess if you haven't seen the movie. I didn't provide enough context there, but whatever. You just can just go to all these different dimensions all at once and grab everything you need. And it's like, we can also like reframe mentally um using that kind of mental tool, right? Like, okay, so I made a mistake. Uh, I didn't finish my report on time. Now, how do I handle that? Do I just like beat myself up for five days? Do I think that i suck you know do i let that influence how i treat other people you know where does the the stone in the pond the pebble in the pond where do the ripples end you know because you can just reframe immediately and then don't let those ripples go anywhere and just get better next time and put you know what do you call like tools in place to avoid that mistake in the future and learn a lesson and then move the fuck on dude anyways i don't know i'm just saying this okay here we go one thing that annoys me, I hate when someone's on a podcast and they like will refer to their child or their children as like their children's nicknames or their spouse's nickname or like someone they went like in their immediate family and just assume that everybody in the global podcast audience knows who this person is. Dude, it's like we don't know your fucking they'll say that their spouse's name as though we're all just supposed to know who that is like. Everyone in America doesn't know Lisa, dude, you know, like you got to give us some context here. I just hate that like fucking myopic perspective that people sometimes have. It's like the world from my eyes in my immediate line of vision, uh, metaphorically speaking, is the world. No, it's not, dude. No, it's not. There's so much else going on, dude. All right, I just went from an inspiring thing to it. Petty and fairly impetuous complaint. All right, moving on. We're continuing now. Uh, My friend was telling me that, uh, you know that Sherwin-Williams advertisement where it's like there's a picture of the globe and then it looks like there's paint covering the globe? He said that that was his least favorite ad campaign. (laughs) Dude, I agree. Would there be anything any worse thing to do to the earth than to cover it in paint? (laughs) Oh, thanks, Sherwin-Williams. Thanks for ruining our planet and future, dude. That's not good. I love little stuff like that. That's fun. I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm saying that on the pod. And I did. I just said it on the pod. Okay, dude. I read this article. I thought this was really interesting. I was actually like forcing myself to read an article before I started recording because I, I actually, I always think that I don't have enough material to do like, I don't know, 20 minute podcast And then I usually like have more than that. But in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to have enough of material. I better fucking read a good article that I always wanted to read and share, anyways. And so I did read this article. Um, it's by this, uh, Dr. Ted Kupchuk. he's a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. That's a pretty well-known place. He directs the Harvard-wide program in placebo studies, hosted at the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. Dude, this is insane. He d- he's done studies on, you know, I guess placebos are actually effective um, in a lot of circumstances. And he has determined that placebos are effective, not always, but sometimes placebos are effective even if the patient knows that it's a placebo. What the fuck? Isn't that crazy? People feel better because of the placebo. And it's like, well, how is that happening? As it turns out, placebos can work even when patients know they are getting it. Oh, by the way, when a patient knows that they're receiving a placebo, it's called an open label placebo. Versus like a double blind placebo where they wouldn't know what it is. So he explains why they can be effective, even if, you know, you're just like just taking a sugar pill or just an empty pill. And then you're like, how are you feeling? Much better. <laughs> All right, you loser. But it works, dude. Sometimes it fucking works. So why this happens? Because the brain can amplify s- symptoms for certain illnesses. Like basically the, the pathways that the brain uses to amplify or decrease pain are, it's kind of the same whole, it's like the same system. Okay, the term for this is central sensitization. That's when the nervous system overemphasizes or amplifies perceptions of discomfort. This mostly involves non-conscious brain processes that scientists call Bayesian brain, B-A-Y-E-S-I-A-N brain, which describes how the brain modulates symptoms. The intensification and the relief of symptoms use the same neural pathways. A smarter way to say what I said. Consider- considerable evidence also shows that placebos, even when patients know they are taking them, trigger the release of neurotransmitters like endorphins and cannabinoids and engage specific regions of the brain to offer relief. Basically, the body has an internal pharmacy that relieves symptoms. Whoa, dude, that's pretty fucking sick. Isn't that crazy? You can just like trigger your brain to provide relief. You can just like make yourself get high sort of. And then I was wondering if that extends to like, if you like smoke weed or like take a shot or have a cocktail, like do the pleasant effects actually exceed the actual specific biological responses that are triggered by those substances? It very well fucking may, kid, which is sick. I'm not against that at all. I think that's totally lit and fire, dude. Having said that, if I ever get even the most minor injury, I want a heavy, heavy dose of morphine. Thank you. Okay, couple more inspiring kind of motivational type things and we'll call it a fucking... dude. Um, I think this is from my favorite newsletter too. When you focus on the outcome, the gap between where you are and where you want to go seems large. To cover ground quickly, the tendency is to look for a hack or a shortcut. The problem is that no one who got the outcomes you wanted used a hack or a shortcut to get them. Instead, they consistently inched forward. Instead of focusing on the ultimate outcome, focus on the next move. There is always something you can do today to get a little better, to move a little closer, to put yourself in a better position. It's not pretty. It's not sexy. It's not fast. It doesn't even make for a good story, but it works. You don't build an empire in a day. You build a brick by brick, day by day, consistent daily progress for a long period of time. And nothing will attest to that more than... Putting yourself through fifteen years of stand up misery in New York City and four plus years of doing a podcast i mean I'm sure there's a million other infinite examples like hockey players and ballerinas and great singers and great accountants like i'm I'm sure it's all it's it's applicable broadly obviously but it's it's kind of cool that that wisdom is there and something that we can think about which and helps you to not get discouraged when you're not seeing you know massive leaps in success or progress it's going to be more like incremental like painting a mountain with one layer of paint at a time and then I mean I wouldn't go so far as to call myself a genius but I have a related quote from the late great Bernie Mac was being interviewed by Oprah he said I think if you focus on being the best in yourself all that stuff will come he said I hear people saying get your money on get your money on I hate that I mean that's your motivation." If you do well, the money will come. That's what I know. Oprah agreed, and quit focusing on the money because it's not about the money. Mac added, "My love for comedy is just unbelievable." You know, I think if you really, if you have the love and you have the passion for the thing that you're doing, on a daily fucking grind, it out day by day basis. Hopefully, that money will come over time. I can just hear the former co-host of this podcast acting. Yeah, well, Bernie Mac was really rich, and he's dead now. Like, but whatever, dude. I I think that that kind of <laughs> isn't that a depressing outlook on that. I think that it's really. Uh, I don't know. It's it's. I think that's one way to keep yourself inspired and motivated, is to focus on the inch by inch, day by day grind, even though it may not. But that's the other thing. That's that's the other side of this. Like, it might not. You know. I mean, you could work, you could toil your whole life and never succeed. And I'm sure that there's those, those like great painters that toiled in obscurity. Didn't Van Gogh like didn't even, he, he, didn't he like die a, like a pauper or something? And it th- wasn't his genius wasn't recognized until after his death. I mean, that's not fun. You don't want your genius to be recognized after your death, dude. That would suck. <laughs> Another thing I was talking about with somebody this past weekend was like, it just sucks. That like you have when somebody dies, you know, then you get all these like laudatory comments and remarks at your funeral. and Everybody like weighs in, but it's like the way Jimmy Carter is kind of like hanging on now and just having scores of people reach out to him. And like, I, I want to set it up. I mean, if I'm lucky enough to not croak, I'm on a, you know, tra- during a tragedy or die young or something young, <laughs> huh? And you're not too young. All right. Fuck you, dude. It would be nice to just have like, or even for your friends. Like if someone, if you think someone is going to die in the next like year, why not just you- excuse me, why don't just, excuse me, I'm by myself. Why don't just throw like a fucking, you know, party and have people get up and give speeches and write notes and share pictures and just, you know, celebrate each other before we're off the planet. And literally have no idea that's happening. <laughs> All right. On that note, thank you for listening to the old Danny Palmer show. Um, uh, come out to me and uh, Ryan DeCollis' weekly Friday show every Friday night, Black Hat LES. If you're in New York City, if you're visiting, come by. We're on Instagram, Black Hat Comedy. 9 p.m. You can get tickets on my Instagram profile and um, I'm on Instagram, Danny Palmer NYC. The show is on Instagram. I don't really know if people like check it or whatever. <laughs> Danny, the Danny Palmer show on Instagram and uh, you know, that's that's the whole fucking John dude. Happy Tuesday. This is being released on Wednesday, you moron. I know. I love you. I love you, too. All right. Let's go fuck. Let's fuck. All right. John. John. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I really do. So, thank you. It's time to stop talking now.